Welcome and thank you for joining us. I'm Pastor Michael Petit and you're listening to Sun, Salt, and Light Radio, where we want you to know the sun, S-O-N, and be the salt and the light in this world, to be Christ-like. This is a radio ministry sponsored by our church at Calvary Chapel Divine Texas. We meet at the VFW 3966. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, right next to the post office where the big white building there. We have services at 10 a.m. on Sunday and also on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. We would love for you to come out and join us. We have children's ministry available for both. If you want to get more information on the church, you can simply do that by going to calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Let's go ahead and get into today's teaching. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning in the beginning so the book is a book of beginnings and so whatever begins here and it's it's the beginning of time it's the beginning of matter uh, beginning of humanity even as we look at as we get to chapter 3 it's the beginning of sin um, Genesis is, is amazing because I, I believe, you know, when we see that God speaks, He creates something out of nothing. And that's hard for people to wrap their head around. And, and the reason why that can be hard, just think about it. If you look, just trying to understand black holes and trying to understand the expansion of the, the, uh, the cosmos. And, and we live in a, in a finite mind. And God is infinite and and eternal so when we we talk about things like time we know that there's a life that begins and a life that ends there's death and there's life we know that we go through different seasons whether it's you know as we're coming out of summer and into fall we even keep time through our months and our years so our finite minds are wrapped around time and it's hard for us to imagine the eternal. And, and so when we get into this book, it's, it's amazing. And, and one of the things that really, as we talk about beginnings, I love the way that John chapter 1 verse 1 starts as well. Because it, it uses the same thing. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. In the beginning. And so we... we understand that there's eternity that god has always stood outside of time that's why the attributes are so important to know that he's all-knowing he stands outside of time because uh, people will ask well who created you know god uh, we've had those questions at youth are are you know was god always around and and so for us it's hard for us to grasp that and, and I love this because the video I'll show you all at the end of this, that man's a, a scientist, very smart. And he even talks about us trying to, trying to figure out the cosmos and our finite minds. Um, but the evidence is there that God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, in, uh, but God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earths. And so the very fact that, that God reveals himself in, in multiple names, Elohim. It's, uh, we'll see this in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. And uh, we'll see Yahweh in Genesis chapter 2 verse 4. But what we get is the plural, Elohim. We get the God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. We get the Trinity right off the bat. Now people will say because the Trinity is not in the Bible... 
the Word, there's no such thing. But we see not only throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament, the Trinity being represented. And we'll see it being represented here as well. And so for us, it's important for us to understand Elohim, meaning plural. Plural. And, and it's, it's consistent with what the New Testament teaches on the Trinity. The Bible proves the Bible. You're trying to figure something out, and the Bible will prove the Bible. And just like it tells you, we had a bunch of flat earthers, right? Recently. People that started thinking that the earth was flat. What does the Bible say? That the earth is a what? Sphere. It's in Scripture. And yet people want to believe the madness, I guess, because they see uh, Pirates of the Caribbean or something where they... And they think, yeah, the earth could be flat. And they want to avoid truth at all costs. But God created the heavens and the earth. And one of the things that you do need to understand as we talk about Elohim and we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit is there will be appearances in the Old Testament from Christ, pre-incarnate. Christophanies is what they're called. And we're going to see some. And we'll talk about those when we get to them. So people will say that, well, Jesus just came on the scene during the New Testament. That's not, that's not true. We see right here that he's standing, and that's why it says in John chapter 1, verse 1, that in the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in the beginnings, we, we have the, uh, but God, Elohim, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, created the heavens and the earth. It's in Scripture. And I love that, because it, at the end of the day, one of the things that, that is, is so cool is that the Word that, that is there for created is, is bara. Bara, and, and that's in, in Hebrew, meaning that it shapes or fashions. So, it, it is God who originates and regulates all things for who? For God, for His glory. Shapes and fashions. And so we are to become more like Christ. And we are to be formed and fashioned to be more like Him. To be shaped and fashioned. Just like it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, in which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Poemia meaning that it's something that is made. We are His workmanship. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, it says, But now, O Lord, You are the Father, we are the clay, and You are the potter. We are all the work of Your hand. And let me tell you, there are times when you read that God created the heavens and the earth, and this is not what I was taught in high school. I was taught evolution. I think we all were. You see how the devil put that out. Because evolution, to believe in evolution takes more faith than to believe what we just read. Evolution is a bunch of theories that change. And when those theories become disproven, they just make a new theory up. That's how that works. Sounds familiar, right? I think I saw a video this week and as they were talking about climate change and the hockey stick. And how they had shown that there has been no change. They've actually been decreasing of the CO2. But then they changed the format in 1996 to make it look like it was. So what happens is we change science. We change theories to make it match what we want it to match. And, and an evolutionist will tell you that you get something out of nothing. Eventually you'll get an animal or a tree or a human just out of a bunch of mush. 
Over time, it'll become something. And that's not true. Pastor Joe used to always tell us, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have a tornado go through a, a junkyard and out comes a Toyota Tundra with keys inside, ready to go, working? No. That's, not, that's, that's basically evolution. It's chaos. And God is a God of order. And so we see this battle that happens between creation and evolution. And it's not a battle of science versus the Bible or science versus faith. It's a battle between two starting points. The narrative of God's word and man's word. And so you have to ask yourself, which starting point do you choose to determine how you interpret the evidence? This is why we talk about having a biblical worldview. What do I believe? I believe what the Bible says, that it's inerrant. And every time I see that science, I always think of Nacho Libre when he says, I believe in science. It takes a lot of faith to believe in that stuff. They change the hypothesis almost every year. They used to think the world was four, four billion years old. Now it's six. It changes all the time because they don't know. And so we know through Scripture, in the beginning, God Elohim, the Supreme One, created something out of nothing. With mere, the mere word, the entire universe, time, space, matter, created. And that's the thing with, with when we look at these type of views is you have atheism before the universe was created. They refute it, right? It refutes pantheism for God is transcendent to that which he created. It refutes polytheism for one God created all things. It refutes materialism, for matter had a beginning. It refutes dualism, because God was alone when He created. He didn't need any help. He didn't need to wait millions of years for things to happen. God spoke, and it happened. It refutes humanism, because God, not man, is the ultimate reality. And it refutes evolutionism, because God created all things. All things. In Psalm 90, verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were uh, brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth, the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10, it says, And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the works of your hands. It's you, Lord, that laid the foundation. Verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, one of the things that you'll see argued over time is gap theory. Um, there are people that believe that there's a years of, of gaps, millions of years of gap uh, between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 2. It's a theological argument. Now, we believe, I believe, in a young earth, okay? That's, that's what I believe, uh, around 6,000 years old. And, and, and we'll look at evidence. When we get to the flood, I'm going to show you evidence because they think, oh, well, these fossils took millions of years. No, they didn't because Mount St. Helens disproved all of that. When Mount St. Helens erupted, everything that you thought the Grand Canyon, all that stuff that you thought took millions of years. No, I'm going to show you a video where the guy's walking through Mount St. Helens. This big old, like that water cut that 
it was done weeks and and so you know we we need to be careful when we look at this because there are people that will try to add stuff in and and that all started back in the 1800s you started having very liberal theologians that started partnering up with people in science and then gap theories you know they start arguing the time between genesis 1 and genesis 2 1 and 2 the verses so the earth was without form and void and the darkness was over the face of the deep so the darkness is is not figurative but it's literal darkness okay so the physical universe had to come into existence but everything was still dark no form no motion no light so it's formless it's empty it's inhabitable at this point now some will as we look at the young earth creationists say that satan fell between genesis uh genesis chapter 1 verse 31 and and between genesis 1 1 and we'll get into that because everybody wants to know well how does satan get into the garden right we'll talk about all that when we get to chapter 3 because remember we were given some of this information uh in luke chapter 10 Jesus spoke about it when Jesus when when he's thrown thrown down from heaven Lucifer and we'll talk about that it's important I love Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 23 it kind of as he's talking about this disaster that's going to happen he uses this term here I looked on the earth and behold it was without form and void unto the heavens that had no light everything needs light everything everything and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit hovering over the waters would bring chaos and beauty and fullness out of emptiness. And He does that in our lives. When we have chaos going on, it's the Holy Spirit that, that guides us and directs us and yields. We, we yield to the Holy Spirit. We, we repent if we have to and God guides us. And I love this because God speaks, but it's the Spirit of God the Holy Spirit that's hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. But why? Because God said. I love that. And God said. What if, if, if God did that with you today? And God said, go and talk to this person about the gospel. Would you go do it? If he's your Lord, you should. Shouldn't be hesitant about doing that stuff. And God saw the, the light was good. It's the first time he uses that term. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. So again, God speaks and he creates something out of nothing. And again, if you sit and think about this, it's hard to wrap your head around this. Again, because we have a finite mind. But we can ask the Lord, to, man, Lord, I'm trying to understand Genesis more. I need you to help me with that. And he will. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. God spoke and things were created. So that what, what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. He creates something out of nothing. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For by all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where thrones and dominions and our rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. 
In Psalm 33, verses 6 and 7, it says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all the host. He gathers the water of the seas as a heap, and he puts the deeps in the storehouses. By the Lord, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And you're going to see that term, and it was good, or was good, used in Genesis chapter 1, verse 4. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 10. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 12. Verse 18, verse 21 and 25. And I love that. And, and life doesn't exist without the sun. If you study just the earth itself and just how delicate everything is in the cosmos. And it's, you know, I think about just the, the studying photosynthesis in and, and, and school and, and going through all of that and understanding the importance of the sun, the importance of light. Um, but it's also for us the, the S-O-N, Jesus, because we can't walk in spiritual darkness either. I love that because in, in, in a lot of ways when I hear and God said, let there be light, that was us when we gave our life to Christ. And that moment that you said, Lord, I repent. I want to follow you. It's like, let there be light. And God's called you to continue to be that light. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16, it says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. One of the things that we see there in verse 5, it says, God called the light day. Day. In the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Yom. Now, that's the argument and the paradigm shift that happened in the 1800s. People started thinking that it's not a 24-hour day. Something shift. There was a different type of thinking in the 1800s. A lot of that had to do with, with science. A lot of the shifts that we see happening now has to do with science. And we need to be careful with that. If we have the Bible and the Bible is inerrant, we need to trust what the Bible says. Because in no other place... Does it show Yom to be more than a 24-hour day in, throughout Scripture? And what happens is when they do this, they're actually trying to rewrite the Bible. And it's wrong. There's nothing that supports it in the Bible. So the scientific community loves that because then the, the atheists use it. Because they go back to evolution has to happen and we need millions of years for things to be made and... And here we are as theologians, people are making that stuff up and agreeing with it. Yom is, is a literal day, 24-hour period, okay? Oh, well, the earth can't be made. Uh, who, who's God, you or him? Because it's not you. If God says, it's going to happen. And that's the faith that we need when we study Genesis. It's like, it's not, I don't have self-confidence in myself. I have confidence in the word of God. And I'm not going to allow anybody to try to take me down a path that I don't need to go down. And trust me, I, we studied this stuff in, in, uh, at Liberty and it drove me crazy because I was like, why would you even believe it? There's nothing that, that scripturally that you can use that says that Yom is more than a 24-hour period. But they do. And again, this is something we have to be very careful with because science changes all the time. All the time. 
because it's based upon theories. And those are just people throwing stuff against the wall to see what's going to stick. And when that theory gets disproved, what do they do? Let me get something else up on the wall and see what it sticks. Now, I may sound like I don't agree with science. I love science. I love when you actually use the science. When you actually take the evidence of the science and use it. But we've gotten away from that as a culture. We make up our own stuff now. And we don't like the direction of that. So we're going to avoid the science and we're going to go this direction. They're doing that with, with the green energy stuff. I'm not against solar paneling. I'm not against any of that stuff. But when we look at, at, at the science of it, it doesn't support it. It doesn't support it at all. But what supports it is a billion-dollar industry. That's what supports it, and that's what I have an issue with. So when I look at this and I go, well, look, if there's science that proves something, I'll gladly look at it because I'm going to tell you what. There, we're going to look at a lot of things that science has proved in the Bible, that the Bible shows that it's real and inerrant, especially when we get to the flood. And they can't hide it. They want to, and that's why they have to go with that billions of years old. That's the whole purpose of it. Because if they, don't have the, if they don't have that theory, they can't. Because they're going with man's opinion and not God's word. This came from God to Moses. This is an eyewitness, first-person account. What is man doing? Just throwing things against the wall to see what theory is going to stick. We need to trust the word of God. Yom is a 24-hour period. If you don't get anything out of this study tonight, Yom is a 24-hour period because there is so much information out there that can twist you up and get you into believing some type of theology that's wrong that doesn't support the Word of God. Day 2 of creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 6. It says, And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse to separate the waters and where... Under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was even uh, evening and there was uh, morning the second day. So this is day two. God created the heaven, employing the word as, as, as clearing uh, clearly the sky. And it divides the water which were below the world ocean from the waters above, which is the troposphere. And that expanse, the, uh, the word is, is uh, firmament, deals with the word expanse, and that's the lower level of the atmosphere. And more, more perhaps also including the layers of the atmosphere. And then we go into day three, and in and it, and, and verse nine it says, And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And here you have another picture of, of him calling it good. It's the beginning of the whole earth. And now we have water uh, and ocean to form. A picture of dry land and island with the sea surrounding it. And again we see the sovereignty of God. In Psalm 33 verse 7 it says, He gathers the water of the sea as a heap and he puts the deeps in the storehouses in Psalm 95 5 it says the sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the land the dry land his hands formed the dry land 
In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 29, it says, When he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, he assigned the sea its limits. How many of y'all been on the sea during a storm in a boat? Wayne, you ever been on a boat in the sea? It is a scary thing. Y'all have? Isn't it scary? Man, the ocean is a scary thing. And you see that, 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 that he assigned the sea limits. And, and it's like, you want to see the power of God? Be on, be on the water during a storm. You, you, I, I tell you what, you'll have a lot of people praying on that boat. <laughs> Lord, get me back to dry land, right? It, it's, it's important for us to understand as we look at this, as we look at the first uh, three days of creation, is that, that God speaks and God said. That term I want you all to get, and God said. You know, I, I, I believe that, that God is trying to tell us things on a daily basis through His Word, through prayer. And, and I think sometimes we just don't, we avoid it. Maybe we act like we didn't hear it. But God said. And God, God creates something out of nothing. Something out of nothing. What I wanted to show you all tonight is we actually have a video. Um, and then again, I, I know that we're... The whole purpose of doing Wednesday nights is we wanted to keep it in this format because we actually wanted to talk about some of this stuff as we get into it. And I'll be very honest with you. I don't know everything about Genesis. I don't. No pastor does. And so we learn too sometimes through stuff that y'all have seen or watched or, you know, I was telling uh, Cord about uh, is Genesis history, which is through uh, Dale Tackett. And, and it's a great, great video. Uh, deals with creation. Deals with that word yom. They actually have a, um, a Hebrew scholar that studies Hebrew history. Um, and he talks about the importance of the genealogies in uh, the Bible in Genesis, how important those are, how important those are when, when they get to Mary and they do Mary's genealogy, which goes all the way back to Adam and how, or back to David, and then you have it go all the way back to Adam and uh, with Joseph. And I'm probably mixing those two up, but it's amazing how the genealogies and the importance of them and the importance of the narrative that's given by God to Moses to write down. And I heard something crazy the other day as I was listening to Joe Fosh speak at the Calvary Chapel uh, Association West Coast Pastors Conference. And he talked about, man, can you imagine that as, as, as Moses is writing down the account of the burning bush, he has to write that down. Or he has to write down when he strikes the rock. And how Moses had a, a king's a scepter for the army. And now all he has is a wooden stick as a shepherd. And he has more power out of the wooden stick than he ever did as the prince of the army, of the Egyptian army. And Moses is the author sitting with God as, or, or hearing God as he's writing this stuff down. And, and, and it's amazing. He's getting in the first, the, the, uh, an eyewitness account from God of how things happen. And you imagine he goes, and then I said, let there be light. And God said, and Moses writing all that stuff down. We have an account. We have a Bible that teaches us about creation, that teaches us about humanity, um, teaches us our place in humanity. 
And it's important for us to be able to understand it. And there's a lot of mess that's being taught. I'm going to go over some of this stuff this weekend as we, uh, we talk about Peter's fall and, and the, the scattering of the sheep. And there's a lot of, lot of false things being taught by pastors uh, in the pulpit that believe that you have to earn your way to heaven. There's like 39% of the pastors believe that now, which is out of a 1,000 pastors that were surveyed. But there are more roads to heaven, which is a lie. But that's because we have a progressive style of teaching of the Word of God, and we have to be careful. Because we're Calvary Chapel, we stand on the Word of God. And that's our foundation. And we don't sway from that. And that's why we don't get wrapped up in theological arguments and look I mean we can have an opinion about but if the scripture doesn't support more than a 24 hour period why are we arguing about it that's the way I looked at I I got in trouble a lot at school because I'm very simplistic if it doesn't support it why are we arguing why do I have to read about it well you need to know the other side I don't want to know the other side because the Bible the Bible tells me there's no other side so that's why it's, it's important for you to understand what you believe and your foundation is set that God is trustworthy. We talked about that last week. And you have a God who's just, who cannot lie, sharing to you creation. This is how everything started. Now, I always existed, but this is how the story begins for you and for me. And so it's important for us to understand. Like it's it's very easy to get wrapped up in things. I, I'm all for. Um, I was talking to Court. Ken Ham has a lot of great stuff on creation, a lot of great stuff. Um, and 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 I, I can't remember. It is Genesis history? I think is the name of the movie. That one as well. But there's a movie by Dale Tackett. It's called Is Genesis History. And that one's really good, and those are all, are all available. You'll be, you'll be seeing some of this stuff as we study it. And, and so what I want to do is I'm going to, um, Court, you go ahead and start that video, and I'll get this video started. Okay? I got a video to show Schroeder. you. I'll explain I to you after we get I done. I have a, thank God, a strong science background from MIT, Master's Institute of Technology, Bachelor's, Master's, PhD, seven years in the physics staff. Seen a whole range of atomic bombs detonated, moved to Israel, met my wife, Barbara Sofer, a great writer, and uh, then uh, teach Torah and science. So luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I have the two that come together. And one of the questions is a, that I'm asked as a scientist is, how can a scientist really believe that there's something that we refer to usually as God? You know, is this metaphysical whatever acting in the world or producing the world? And the irony is, the question's really a non-starter. Science has, in fact, discovered God. And you can talk to the hardline atheists, and they will say, it looks like science has indeed discovered God. And how would that be? Well, if you take the trouble of going to the web, and, and they're typing WMAP, the initials for, for a satellite. It's a diagram that shows the development of the universe from the creation over time. It's a timeline. Every word on that diagram comes from the NASA site. It is the condensed knowledge of the scientific community of how the universe created and how it got to where we are today. Each of the lines, the vertical lines, is another billion years. Okay, you start from a burst of energy at the extreme left side of the diagram, and you end up at the far end with the oval. The oval is to indicate expansion in all directions. Of course, because it's a timeline, we can't show that on, on a single piece of paper. 
we see here, most amazingly, that on the extreme left edge, it shows a beginning to the universe. Now go back less than 50 years. If I were teaching that at Tech, I might have, you know, a person could lose tenure saying that there was a creation of the universe. It sounds like it's Bible. Because less than 50 years ago, the overwhelming scientific opinion was the universe is eternal. There was never a beginning. The Bible is wrong from the very first sentence. And then we discovered suddenly Arno Penzies and Robert Wilson, the Bell Labs in New Jersey, the northeast of the US, discovered the echo of the Big Bang, the energy left over, which George Gamow 60 years ago predicted that if there had been a universe created hot and small, it would have exploded and the energy would get more and more dilute. And, the, and Penzies and Wilson, these Arno Penzies and Robert Wilson, discover this energy that had been predicted overnight. The Bible got it right. There was a beginning to the universe. Now, the black in the diagram is nothing. It's not a vacuum. Vacuums are within that diagram, within that cone of expansion. Back vacuums are empty space, and space is something. The black of the paper around the diagram is nothing. It doesn't fit in our human brain, because humans think in a box, a box made of time, space, and matter slash energy. No human, as clever as they might be, as expansive as they might be, thinks out of that box. So when we say outside that diagram is nothing, we can use the words, but we can't conceive of nothing. It doesn't fit in the human brain. How are we going to have this idea, is there a God or not? Notice that the creation force isn't a three-letter word, G-O-D. If you look at the words carefully, it's a quantum fluctuations. That understanding was first brought down by Ed Tryon, brilliant human being, in the journal Nature, almost 40, 50 year, 40 years ago. The universe allows creation of something from nothing, provided you have the laws of nature, the quantum fluctuation. Tryon realized, and he published in the journal Nature, one of the two leading peer-reviewed journals in the world, that you can create something from absolute nothing, provided you've got the laws of nature, quantum physics and the laws of relativity, in other words, the laws of nature. So look what science has discovered. We can create the universe from absolute nothing, provided we have the, the, the forces of nature. Now the laws of nature, the forces of nature aren't physical, they act on the physical. So if they create the universe, that means they predate the universe. So now we have a set of forces, we call them the laws of nature, that are not physical, that are able to act on the physical, they create the physical from absolute nothing. And they predate the universe, which means they predate our understanding of time. Put that together, it sounds very familiar. If you haven't noticed it, that's the biblical definition of God. You know, 20, 30 years ago, he would have been kicked out of the university for being crazy talk. And yet they sent the satellite up, and the satellite figures this information out through the scientists that they, as they receive the information back. And from, you know, there, there's that, that beginning of God speaking. And God said, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. And I love that because it, it just proves that as we study God's word, there, are, there is evidence there, but people, people don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe that. But yet that's scientific. That's actually from our taxpayer money <laughs> that we put that satellite up, right? And this is the information that's coming back from it. And they were able to prove that, you know, that at the, uh, God created something out of nothing. God spoke and... Boom. I just thought that was pretty cool. It was one of the things I remember um, 
one of our professors had shared with us, and it, I, I was just like, man, I, I could understand it just because of the way the cone was. Because if you think about it, when you speak, it comes out, and then boom, everything happens, and I, I love that. And, and so I, as we get into this, well, we're in uh, Creation Day 3. I think uh, one of the things we were talking about, Bible Study Fellowship has a lot of great information on, on uh, Genesis. Um, is it Answers in Genesis is another good one. Um, Carm, uh, Matt Slick, who, who's done some uh, writing on it as well, has some really great stuff. I would encourage you to, to go out and read and expand your knowledge on creation. Uh, because it's we have what it says in the Word of God, but I think it's always good to know more because then you can answer questions when they come up. It's it's important for us to be able to do that. Uh, just even just the Trinity, you're able to explain the Trinity here, and then you can go into the baptism, right? When when Jesus is baptized, you have God the Father speaking, the Dove ascending, the Spirit, and Jesus, and then you go, well, wait a minute, but that was let's go back to the beginning with Elohim. And so you're able to prove the Bible is true. It's inerrant. And that's, that's the purpose of us understanding and spending time in a Bible study. It's so that way we learn. Now, I would love, I, I'm going to be very honest with you, I would love to, to, to do Genesis on a Sunday. You know, but we are doing a Bible study. So we're going to, at some point, we're going to start taking more verses on more like a chapter or two at a time and so it'll it'll pick up as we get going uh, but that's why i encourage you to, to to you know if you have questions ask uh i'll try my best to answer if you if you have something where you go man mike i saw this and you should check it out i'll take a look at it and if i think it's something that will help everybody i'll gladly share it gladly share it okay because it's we want to we want to grow together I learn from y'all just as much as you learn from me. And, and so I want to encourage you with that. And so let's go ahead and close out in prayer and we'll call it a night. And I think I've, I've expounded your heads enough with <laughs> enough. And we'll, we'll, we, we've made it to day three of creation. So praise God. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.